I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Big hello and welcome to the latest episode of Set the Tape Rewind, whether you're coming back to us for a third time or you're brand new to the show. I'm your host this week, Tony Black, and on today's programme, Steve Norman joins me alongside podcaster Carl Sweeney as we talk about the newly released Oscar 2018 nominations and where the Darkest Hour really deserves to be there. Plus, which is our favourite Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg cinematic collaboration as the post hits UK cinemas. Part 2 sees us wax lyrical about the latest season of famous cult hit The X-Files and we wonder when it might hit UK shores. Plus we confront our Republican sides in talking about interesting new casting news for prestige Netflix series The Crown. And finally in our free play section we're talking about mobile games and whether Temple Run or Snake are the apex of the genre or we should all be playing Truck Simulator instead. Alright then enough of this. Let's do it. So, right, we're going to kick off uh, this latest episode of Set the Tape Rewind with uh, Film Chat. And obviously it's a pretty uh, pretty big day in the film world because uh, today it's Oscars day as we record. Uh, The uh, Oscar nominations have been released for uh, the Oscar ceremony at the end of Feb, I think it is. And um, it's it's quite the mix this year. I mean, I, d- I don't know how, how much you guys really follow Oscars or are particularly interested in Oscars, but um, let's let's have a little chat about about some of these some of these nominations. Steve, what what really stuck out to you with the Oscar nominations? Well, it's um, similar to what I think me and Owen spoke about either on the first set the tape podcast or the last failed critics podcast that where at the moment i mean the awards aren't until the 4th of march but at the moment we're at a stage where quite a few of the films that have received nominations especially for the big uh awards aren't yet out in the uk um or have only been out for a short amount of time in a position where i've not seen all maybe even half of say what's been nominated for best picture just because I haven't been able saying that there's there's um doesn't seem to be any one film that looks like it's going to absolutely clear up no no that, that's i'm exactly the same i've only seen of the best pictures which is just to run through them call me by your name 
Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside uh, Ebbing, Missouri. The only ones I've seen of that is Dunkirk, Get Out, and Darkest Hour. So I, you know, the rest are, are to be the some some like you say some haven't come out yet. We haven't had Lady Bird yet. We haven't had Phantom Thread. We haven't had The Shape of Water, and some are were out ages ago, and then some have just come out. So it's it's a real it's a real mix, and yeah, it is. It's going to be a close run. I mean, Carl, what, what do you what do you think? Like, in, in your gut, do you think would win Best Picture out of that? Well, I think just looking at the number of nominations, The Shape of Water's got to be a strong contender. Obviously, we haven't seen it yet here in the UK. Uh, I'm kind of like you guys. I've seen five, I think, of the nine. I missed Call Me by Your Name, and then there's three that we haven't had yet at all in the UK, isn't there? So. Overall, I'd say it's a pretty strong mix, though. I mean, if uh, if it was up to me, if I was a voter, I think I'd be going for Dunkirk. And, you know, I'd be also be happy if Get Out took it. But for some reason, I just don't think either of those are going to go all the way. I don't know why. Obviously, uh, horror films don't typically do too well at the Oscars. So if Get Out won, it'd be brilliant. And, you know, given the sort of political climate and some of the Oscar so white stuff for the last few years, maybe it's got a chance, but I don't know the shape of water. I think if I was a betting man, that would probably be where my cash would be going. How about you, Steve with the bookies? What would, what would you put your money on? I guess that I wouldn't really want to say till I've seen all of them, but then I mean, what, what does my opinion matter when it comes to the Oscars? (laughs) Um, Absolutely nothing. I think three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri will do well, but perhaps in the, in the actors, um, categories rather than the um best picture type category what it, what it feels like that if there's one possible walk away you know guaranteed oscar it people are reckoning it might be francis mcdormand for three billboards because you know the even though she you know it's a good strong category of people you know sally hawkins shersha ronan meryl streep you know margot robbie's probably a rank outsider really but you know it's even then it's. It seems like she's got it in the bag, and then it's the question is whether Gary Oldman has as uh, Churchill, you know. But again, he's up against, you know, some really strong people. Daniel Day Lewis might they might throw one at him because it's his last inverted commas last mm. film. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. So is that like when they gave? Was that like when they gave Ryan Giggs the sports personality of the <laughs> yeah, just because he? <laughs> it's exactly like that. It's exactly the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You do, but you, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't surprise me if they just lob an Oscar at him, you know, just to go off. Cheers, Dan. And then in a few years later, you'll come back with, you know, his, his return role, and everyone will laugh. But yeah, is it Gary You know, is it Gary Oldman's? You know, that, that's, that's the question. That's what everyone's been saying. What, what do you guys think? I, I think it probably is, although I didn't like Darkest Hour, and I, I came out of it not really being crazy about Oldman's performance either, to be honest. I mean, I kind of softened on it a bit on reflection. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's a terrific actor overall. The film, I think, is wonky. But I don't know. I think he's got a head of steam, and I, I could see him being the one taking the statue. I think Day-Lewis has had enough success in the past. I'm intrigued by Timothy Chalamet, if that is the correct pronunciation. I'm not sure that it is. Um, But I've heard nothing but good things about his performance. But, I mean, he's only, what, 22, 23 years old, something like that. And uh, I don't know. I think there's this sense, kind of this, like, uh, indefinable sense, but maybe it's Oldman's time. And uh, much as I might like someone else to get it, I think it probably will be him. Yeah, and and I I was the same as you about Darkest Hour. I wasn't... I liked it, but I, 
it doesn't deserve yeah. to be in that you know best picture category really. No. So it could just be one of those things where they they throw him an award for you know for this, this transformation. But um, <clears> but yeah. I, th- I think I don't know about you guys, but I think it, it's one of the strongest like collections of awards for, for a while. It's going to be quite interesting because there could be a few surprises in the pack here. Well, speaking of Oscar films, one of them. Mm-hmm. The Post, which is probably fairly a fairly rank outsider for a lot of these awards, you know, it's more than likely not really going to win a fat lot, but it's obviously been, um, you know, quite an interesting collaboration between uh, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. And on the website, um, setthetape dot com, uh, dot com, we've had uh, a article up about the the best Spielberg and Hanks collaborations this week and uh, it feels like you know an interesting little topic to, to touch on here because Tom Hanks w- didn't get an Oscar nomination um, for best actor but uh, the question is have either of you seen the post and do you think it's one of their best collaborations? I have yet to seen the, see the post I saw it last night actually yeah and uh I would rank it a solid third in the Spielberg Hanks uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame. I think. Do we yeah. have a? I mean, what's the what's the current total of um, collaborations between them? Well, this is this, uh, this is where I yeah. haven't done my homework. <laughs> I think. <laughs> do you want to give you? Not, them if you've got them, Carl, that's brilliant. You can be prepared because I. Right. So I think let's let's go in chronological order. I think so. Saving Private Ryan, and then Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal. Bridge of Spies and now the Post, so five yeah. in total. Is that is that your rank of? No, that was that was in order of release. I think I, I, my top pick is Catch Me If You Can. I think that's the one I would like most readily rewatch. I mean, I really liked Bridge of Spies actually. I think that was like a, a really good story, like impeccably told. So it, it's quite close between the two of them for me, and then the the Post, a solid third. I do quite like this Spielberg when he's this kind of guys he's taken on where he's like the guardian of the constitution with stuff like Lincoln, Bridge of Spies and now The Post. I quite like that vein of films, but uh, The Post would be third for me. I've never actually been a huge Saving Private Ryan fan, as good as it is. I've seen it a few times. It's just something about it doesn't quite do it for me outside of like that opening uh, set piece, really. And then I'd, bring the, I'd put the terminal last, but... I rewatched that just before Christmas, actually, and I remembered it being really kind of a bit of a slog, and it was not quite how I'd remembered. It was a bit more kind of fleet of foot than I thought it was, mm. you know. So I think I think they're all, you know, even the t- if the terminal's the worst one, it's still decent, you mm. know. Yeah. How about, how about you, Steve? Have you got any particular favourite of any of these? Yeah, of those um, Saving Private Ryan, which I haven't watched for absolutely ages, but um, yeah, because it is quite a long film as well, and whenever it's on TV, it's obviously interspersed with adverts as well, so it's about six yeah. hours yeah. long. <laughs> but yeah, I have been meeting to rewatch that, and and also Band of Brothers, which they worked on together, I think Spielberg mm. and um, Hanks, although Hanks wasn't actually in it. Um, they work together on it. So it always seems that Hanks gets serious Spielberg and not fun Spielberg. Yeah, he's, he's never done. He's never turned up as like Indiana Jones' brother, has he? Which you know, <laughs> no. I, I could, I, that, that would work for me, really. You know, I, I, I'd live with that, to be fair. Or, or playing like the you know the Sam Neill kind of role in Jurassic Park, you know, seventy or whatever, whatever it is now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think the Da Vinci Code movies have. Uh, conv- <laughs> Convince me, I don't need to see Tom Hanks running around, uh, you know, in big action films. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we don't talk about them. <laughs> we just, it's not, it's never a good yeah. thing. 
but yeah, if, if you want to make your mind up, guys, on uh, on which y- your favourite Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg collaborations are, you know, do go on to our website and check out our uh, Tom Hanks Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah, article on uh, www.setthetape.com. And yes, I am going to keep repeating this web address all the way through this podcast. <laughs> all right, so moving on to uh, TV now, and um, yeah. it's been uh, it's been an interesting week for TV uh, over the last few weeks for um, especially you and I, Carl, because uh, we um, yes we, we we our bread and butter is the X Files, which is which is how we know each other, yeah. which is how we met. We both frequently co-host a x-files podcast and obviously the x-files is back for a 11th season but before we talk about that steve yeah are you a fan of the x-files i am not not as much as <sighs> yourselves um thank god obviously uh <laughs> i haven't started watching any of the latest c uh series of the x-files obviously i watched the most recent prior to this that that series there um but i haven't got stuck into this one as of yet i think i'm waiting for it to finish and watch it all in one one fell swoop um but yeah it's always been an ex- it's one of the programs that um when it was on i think bbc two or sky one or both originally that the show that i used to watch with my dad um and i've got the box set of all the originals and yeah i did really like it but like i say not as much as you guys does doesn't surprise me that you're an x-files fan to be fair because you love lost and lost is a you know a, a fairly important sort of not not sequel but it's certainly inspired by the x-files so yeah i'm not doesn't shock me i just i just like weird stuff that i invest lots of time in and doesn't make any sense <laughs> at the end of it <laughs> i think that pretty much sums it up really and yeah, <laughs> it's well. like being wound up by the television i choose to watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know the question is as we get to the end of the 11th and probably final season whether or not it, it will make any sense and you know the jury's out for for me and Carl and everyone we um you know we uh, <laughs> everyone we know around that but obviously we've got the um the next episode coming up which is episode 4 in in the states is uh I think one that we're both quite excited about Carl isn't it Definitely definitely it's called The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat which is an odd title isn't it but um <laughs> yeah, yeah it's one of these comedy episodes uh written by a guy called Darren Morgan isn't it who's any X-Files fan will know he's one of the most like distinctive singular voices that the series ever had and uh he, he's produced or he's written so few that whenever he does does one it's a real event isn't it for x-files fans yeah it's it, they're unique they're a unique bunch do you remember the comedy one steve from back in the day i'm failing to recall it to be honest it's things like the the, the, the idea behind the darren morgan episodes were he took what would be considered fairly you know standard sort of x-files things like you know, a, a, mon- a monster at a circus or a psychic guy or, or you know, the, the idea of, of an outbreak of, you know, uh, bugs in a town and things like that. And he inverted it and made it funny. So it would be things like the psychic guy um, can predict when people are going to die, but he's really maudlin. The, uh, the, <laughs> the monster in the circus is surrounded by freaks and he, he you know they, they think he, it's something called the fiji mermaid and things like this it's just really silly stuff but it's always taken a little bit of a comedy lens on what the x-files is and this one seems to be doing the same and from what we know it's all about kind of nostalgia mm. which sort of fits the you know the template of it really but um you know the very fact the x-files is back is is nostalgia so it's it's going to be quite fun 
it's going to be quite fun to, to watch. And, you know, we luckily with the X-Cast, we've been doing a few interviews with some of the people involved and we interviewed the main guest star of this episode, a guy called Brian Husky, who is on things like Veep and mm-hmm. lots of other comedy shows and things like that, um, which is going to be going out towards the start of the week. Um, so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to blatantly shill my podcast here. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Let's shill another thing I do. So if you go to <laughs> the X cast, uh, the the X underscore cast on um, on Twitter, or you go to Facebook and just type in the X cast, you'll find our social media there, and you can get links to our our episodes and things like that as we work through the uh, the eleventh season. But I mean, we still don't know when it's going to come out in the UK, do we, Carl? Because it's it's out in the US and no sign of it here. So yeah, this is where real life gets in the way, and uh, I have to cut in to our podcast to uh, <laughs> explain that just after we recorded, literally the day after, Channel 5 announced that The X-Files is debuting in the UK on the 5th of February. So cheers, Channel 5, for making the next bit of this conversation sound utterly redundant. Channel 5 are utterly pathetic, aren't they? Is the <laughs> bas- basically what's going on. Um I just feel real sorrow for, like, you know, real genuine X-Files fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And, you know, obviously some of us... Tony, obviously we have the means to travel to a country each week where it's legally permissible to watch the X-Files and back. Through our unofficial channels, we have. (laughs) Um, But obviously there are loads of fans who are kind of stranded, kind of can't really engage on social media like they want to. Um, And they're kind of in limbo, aren't they? Because as as far as I know, there's still no genuine or there's still no confirmed date, is there? I I don't think. No, we're hearing it might be February. But even then, that's going to mean that half the season's already aired and... You know, the, the spoilers abound, really. So if you're a big fan, you're gonna see, you're gonna find out stuff. Well, as long as it's February 2018, I mean, that's something. But uh, <laughs> I believe it when I see it. I mean, I just don't understand. In this day and age, it doesn't seem uh, right for something like the X Files. Obviously, has a huge, like, um, vocal, vibrant online community. You know, so I just wish it would, had kind of been like this coordinated worldwide um, rollout. But hey, what can we do about it? Not much. Mm. Yeah, I think the only show that really does that these days is Game of Thrones, yeah. 
really, where you get it straight away because it's so huge. But, oh, well, um, hopefully it'll be around soon. But if you can um, <clears throat> get hold of the X-Files, uh, <laughs> then do it because it's, it's been really good so far. So it's, uh, it's yeah. well worth looking at. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can check out reviews of, of uh, the new season on, um, on the website and set the tape. So, you know, head over there and look at that. But X Files isn't just the only thing going on. We've also had some interesting casting news for um, one of one of the one of the more interesting shows in in recent times, The Crown, which obviously is all about the royal family, Queen Elizabeth and her life basically as queen at various different points over the last like fifty years. Um, and uh, obviously, first two seasons they had they had an established cast, and they're changing it up for the third and fourth seasons, and have got an entirely new cast of characters to play the older sort of middle age versions of. You know all these people, and we've just found out that Paul Bettany mm. is more than likely going to be playing Prince Philip in the latest season of The Crown. Now that's quite interesting casting. Steve, have you do you watch The Crown or have you seen it, or do you know much about it? I know that Americans love posh British people on TV <laughs> <laughs> because I just, I mean, I've I've not watched an episode of The Crown. It might be really good, genuinely. I've no idea. It just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me. I'm not a Republican by any means. I'm not like you know anti-royal, um, but I'm not pro-royal. I just ambivalent towards them. Just have no you know, and some of them seem like all right people, but yeah, I've no desire to watch a a, ser- a series about them. Um, so no, I can't really be much help with that. To be honest, I mean, I suppose it's it's one of those things that is. It, it, I mean, it surprised me in a way because I didn't necessarily think I'd love it because I'm not a royalist. Um, I'm like you, really. I'm not either. You know, I don't. I, I, I shrug, I, I sit fairly in the middle, but it was really quite compelling. And it, I'm just finding the casting quite interesting for these third and fourth seasons. I know that you're a fan of it, Carl, you enjoy it. So yeah. what, what, do you, what do you make of, of Paul Bettany taking over from Matt Smith, who was really good, to be fair, as Prince Philip? Yeah, I'm still quite reluctant to see the old cast abandoned, really, because, I mean, I don't know, just this wholesale change doesn't really sit well with me. I'd have probably preferred to see another season with... You know, all the actors we'd come, become accustomed to. Um, having said that, I'm sure within an episode or two it'll be fine. And Bethany's a very good actor, isn't he? So uh, I'm sure in the long run it won't be an issue. I mean, the crown for me, I mean, the royal family is uh, a subject. It's like boxing, right? Which is that there are certain subjects I've got like no interest in in real life whatsoever. But I think they make for pretty decent uh, film and television drama when done well, you know. So like I'm, I'd, I'd describe myself as like a mild Republican, you know. I wouldn't go in a march or anything, but on principle, I'm kind of against them. But I just surprised myself by how much I like The Crown, you know. And um, the second season, I thought was less strong than the first, but only by a hair, yeah. really. And um, yeah. the first one was brilliant, I thought. So I mean, at some point, maybe the like creative intensity will like slacken, and it just won't be quite up to scratch. But I'm hoping it's still good for at least another go round, you know. Are they going to show uh, Matt Smith regenerating into Paul Bettany? <laughs> they better. That, that's, um, money back if they oh, don't. Yes. Hell of a plot twist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, there's lots of conspiracy theories about how Prince Philip is a lizard from outer space. So, you know, this, it's not that too far a stretch, really. Wow. Uh, just to, to throw that in. But, that, yeah. It, it's it, there's, there's a few interesting... Character, uh, casting changes. So you've got Olivia Coleman who's going to play Queen Elizabeth, taking over from Claire Foy, who was fantastic, mm. to be fair. Yeah. And uh, right now, apparently, Helen Bonham Carter is going to play Princess Margaret. And again, she's got big shoes to follow because Vanessa Kirby in the first two seasons was fantastic as a young firebrand Margaret. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see these more established, more famous middle-aged actors playing 
these roles. And I'm going to say it now, right? I'm calling this now yep. because they're going to change it up in two years again for the elder, older characters. My money, Helen Mirren, guaranteed for the last two seasons. Guaranteed. If only there was some so, way we could figure out if she'd be any good at playing the Queen. If only we had something to go on. <laughs> you know. um, yeah, know, you may well be right. Well, yeah. yeah, mainly because she's she's basically done this before with the same guy, Peter Morgan, <laughs> yeah. who, who wrote it. It's it's a good show. It's worth it's worth looking at if you haven't really. And uh, in terms of TV, though, what are we what are we looking forward to over the next few weeks? Steve, you got anything on the radar that you're particularly interested in seeing? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the uh, Channel Four drama Kiri concludes this um, oh, one with yeah. Sarah Lancashire about the um, the missing child, um, which I've seen the first couple of. I'm a little bit behind, but I've seen the first couple, and it's been actually really good good show to get into it's only four uh four parts so it's I say it's coming to its conclusion soon but yeah i've been enjoying that that's been a, a really good good watch and obviously like i said it's finishing up soon yeah i saw I, I saw a little bit of that on tv and i thought it looked interesting so yeah i might i might have to check that out really carl what about you what are you what are you fancying over the next few weeks apart from the xbox yeah well i'm not sure about the uk date for this but it's just started in the us so it should be imminent over here but it's uh steven soderbergh's mosaic which i believe oh, yeah. yeah it's a six-part murder mystery and I, I believe it this it's this kind of thing where it started as an app and it sounds like it was kind of like one of these choose your own adventure type things where you can affect the narrative and change the change the uh, you know course of the action and so on and it's been kind of retooled into this you know it's, you can watch it more conventionally but i think soderbergh's always worth watching and i enjoyed his series with nick so yeah, I believe that's yeah. coming to Sky Atlantic. I'm not entirely sure when though, but I think it's soon. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's in it. I've heard that one. I've heard about that one. It sounds sounds uniquely Soderbergh, mm. and uh, yeah, quite uniquely interesting. But yeah, those those are good choices. I'm I'm still like I still find myself just constantly watching lots of older stuff, <laughs> you know, randomly. Yeah. But um, I'm still in, I'm still really enjoying where Star Trek Discovery is going, and I think by the time we get another um, episode of this podcast. It's going to be t- nearly towards the end of the season, so I'm I'm consistently, you know, they're, they're taking they're making some real twists and turns on that show, yeah. Now, which are uh, really quite entertaining. They've, you know, um, hello to Jason Isaacs because he's got <sighs> a really he, <laughs> yeah. he's got a really interesting part to play in the last few episodes. Now, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone yeah. who hasn't watched it, but it's getting it's making use of one of the best concepts in the Star Trek universe, really, really interestingly and really well. So I'm. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how that's going to end. It's been really good since it came back. But yeah, okay, on to our last um, section this week, free play section. And uh, obviously this this one we uh, we always change up depending on certain things that are coming out. And since we were talking about the X-Files earlier, um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about mobile games because uh, they've just released a, uh, well, they're about to release actually, a mobile game called uh, X-Files Deep State, which is... Uh, on uh, iOS, Android, things like that, which is where you play through cases, you know, play through X-Files cases, and it's a, you know, sort of a text-based and puzzle-based game on your mobile. And uh, I've been lucky enough to play that slightly in advance because I've been interviewing the, uh, well, I haven't, uh, Mate Brooker has been interviewing the developers but um, and, and communicating with them, so they've very kindly given me a copy in advance, which has been fun to play. But uh, I just wanted to know if you guys really play mobile games. I mean, it, they're, they're kind of an interesting little thing. It's... You know, usually mobile mobiles can be, you know, they've become these little PCs in your pocket nowadays. But um, yeah, I mean, are, are either of you into anything like that, Steve? Do you, do you play any like football games on on mobiles or anything? Not 
Not really, other than having you know the app for fantasy football on there. Um, ah, yeah. Uh, and I used to play New Star Soccer on my phone um, or tablet. But no, um, I mean, I don't really play too many mobile games. The one I play the most at the moment is Golf Clash. And I was well into Pokemon Go when that came out. <laughs> but the problem with that was that they put in all the new Pokemon. I don't know who they are, and uh, the, you know it's got no interest to me. If they just kept it to the ones that I know, the ones that you know when I was growing up, I used to have the Pokemon cards for and everything. It was fine, but all these weird ones that no, so it's still on my phone for some reason, but it's not been touched in ages. <laughs> well, it was it was a weird phenomenon. I, uh, I I was on it for about a month, and then. <laughs> I, just, I don't know, it was it was really strange, because I, I was a little bit, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I was into it for a while, and then I suddenly sort of took a step back and went, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what am I actually, why do I care? Well, it why was, so well, it was nine this? o'clock at night, and you stood in the field in the middle of nowhere <laughs> trying to catch a Pikachu, and you're thinking, what am I doing my life? It's nice, what, that, I'm out, it's nice life? that I'm outside in the sunshine, but yeah. what on earth am I doing with my life? <laughs> Carl, what about you? Were you were you obsessed with Pokemon Go or any other mobile game? No, this is where my like grumpy old man side comes out. I think I haven't got any mobile games. I never play any. I think the last one I played was Snake when I first got a mobile phone. Um, <laughs> uh, I played quite old a bit. school. Yeah, I played quite a bit of Snake to be fair. No, just since I had kids, I've just never had the time for gaming. I've just kind of gone cold turkey basically. I seem to remember downloading the Sonic the Hedgehog game so my little boy could have a go at it. And I deleted it when he started stealing my phone too often. I think I think I may have played Candy Crush once, but I don't think I got to the end of the level. Um, oh, I hate that, games like Candy Crush. Yeah, I, I'm planning to check out this X Files game just because of my like deep uh, interest in the series. But yeah, the only one when you said you wanted to talk about mobile games, I remember there was one that intrigued me that I never got around to, but it was called Papers Please. I don't know if anyone's played that. But it just really intrigued me yeah. because the premise is you play as like this immigration officer, apparently. And all the game is, is like dealing with it's in a fictional Eastern European country. And you're just dealing with these like requests for, for immigration. And I just thought, you know, that sounded like my kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> just, uh, never, just, 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 every day, just, like, yeah, just everyday job simulators. Exactly right. And uh, it's but, not even like theme hospital where people get massive heads and they explode or something like that. It's, yeah. You know, just. A, lit, a game literally recreating admin. Well, apparently the excitement comes in when you get kind of a borderline case. You know, you got to make a decision one way or the other. So I can only imagine the heart rate gets kind of racing at that point. But um, oh, no, uh, that... the, <laughs> it, it reminds me of of not. It wasn't. This isn't a mobile game, but it reminds me of my days playing Truck Simulator <laughs> on, on the on the PC, where you would drive a truck at motorway level speeds. <laughs> From Glasgow down to Dover, and it was—I swear—it was the dullest and yet most satisfying thing I've ever played. Because when you get that truck with all of its cargo from across this country, and it takes you about an hour because you're going at like thirty miles an hour, and you get there and you get your full like hundred pounds. Yeah, there is no feeling like it in the world. Do you have to take a rest every few hours? You're... You you have to, you have to stop at like <laughs> the petrol stations, <laughs> and you have to go to sleep to recharge uh, your energy. For some reason, some, sometimes when I turn on my Xbox and it you know tries to push you towards a store, there's Farm Simulator on there. Yeah, 
Ah, it's another one. I just yeah, think, he's the same kind of people who made but it. But I just yeah. think it's kind of so niche. The only people I would know who would even be remotely interested in Farm Simulator as a game are people I know who are actual farmers, and they're getting up at <laughs> four in the morning to milk cows. They're not going to go home after the work and stick on <laughs> cow milk simulator after hey, that. How do you know? They might just love their job so much. That yeah, some, some, some of them are a bit they, odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the one the the other mobile game I think I played a lot was um, Temple Run. Mm. Yeah, which did you ever, that that was fun. That was for for about like a week, because after a week it becomes a bit repetitive. But it's a, it's quite because that's why we have to run. It's a bit like the, the Boulder scene in Indiana Jones, yeah. but like an entire series of levels. I mean, without sounding um, too crass or anything, a lot of mobile games need to be able to play them while I'm on the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. If I can't, yeah. if I can't yeah. have a quick go of the game while I'm on the toilet, there's no point in me having it. Z- Zynga Poker is a good one for that. That, that <laughs> that's that's quite a good one. But it's a, again, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, and and it's when you you have to start spending your own money to get fake poker chips. That's when you're in real danger. But yeah, mobile, mobile games are a funny thing. Uh, you know, if if you're a fan of the X Files, check out the Deep State one. But I mean, there's loads. There's absolutely loads of them. You know, there's there's all kinds of things from yeah, you know. Um, Temple Run to Papers, Please, which I've got to find mm. that now. I mean, that, that sounds... <laughs> it sounds really, really fascinatingly yeah. boring. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got to find it. Uh... <laughs> That's us done for another week, then. Big thanks to all of you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the episode. And remember, you can find all the articles, features, and reviews we've discussed this week at our website, Set the Tape. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Set the Tape or Twitter at, yes, you guessed it, Set the Tape. We'll be back in a fortnight, but until then, thanks again for tuning in. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.